Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here alongside the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for this post-game pod that is brought to you by Michelob Ultra uh, at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. The Bucks get back on the winner's list. It was a little anxiety-inducing at the midway point of the fourth quarter. Let's just say that. But the Bucks close it out in the end and beat the Hornets 114-104. to 104. Uh, Frank, given what we've seen from this team in the fourth quarter, as recently as on the weekend, but in a number of games over the last few weeks here, I know they referenced the defensive rating in the fourth quarter over the last, I think it was 10 games or whatever it was on the broadcast today. Long story short, it hasn't been pretty. And with three minutes to go in this game, the Hornets close to 103.99. I have to admit, I was not exactly confident that the Bucks were going to work their way through this. <laughs> I think that's fair to be anxious about the Bucks, <laughs> especially given the late. I thought it was interesting. John Schumann at NBA.com uh, had an interesting stat, which was that the Bucks, I think, I think now they're 37 for when they have at least a five point lead in, in a fourth quarter. Um, and all four of the losses came in April. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of, it's kind of funny, right? That this phenomenon of blowing these, these fourth quarter leads um, is, is a, is like a very recent thing actually. And uh, I believe two of those games were without Giannis. I think it was uh, definitely the Warriors game. And yeah. then uh, perhaps the Mavericks game. I'm not sure if they led by five, and the fourth, I know they were leading going into the fourth quarter against against uh, Dallas, and they lost by a ton. But um, you know, two two of the losses uh, there, and then in the last week, the Phoenix loss and uh, the the Atlanta loss. So a little counter, a little not counterintuitive, a little surprising to me that I don't know. It's not like it, it doesn't it didn't feel like the Bucks were <laughs> super clutch or great at defending leads earlier in the season, but in fact. They actually had not really blown a, a lead, at least to the point of uh, losing a game prior to, to April. Um, and I, w- I, w- I went up and looked up the clutch stats because I was a little curious, you know, what, what those numbers looked like this year. And really quite similar to two years ago. Two years ago, they had a very slightly, in Bud's first year, they had a very slightly positive net rating in clutch time. Again, this is plus or minus five points last five minutes. Uh, and last year they were really good. I mean, they had just like this dominant, I mean, they had like a 94 defensive rating or something like that. They're like plus 14 in clutch time. And again, with the bucks, there's always seemingly far less clutch time than, than for most teams. Um, so a lot of noise in those stats, just given how small the volume is, um, this year, are you familiar with the stats this year, Kane? Can, can I ask you to guess at, as to what their net rating is in, in clutch time this year? Uh, I am somewhat familiar with the individual 
shooting numbers, but yeah, I, as far as net rating for the team, I have no idea. So, well, you first of all, let me just say this: you've completely thrown me off with that uh, stat from John Schumann. That's um, that's pretty impressive, actually. Uh, I, I honestly have no idea. The net rating for the team overall is around what seven plus seven plus eight, somewhere around that mark for the season. A little, a little, a little under seven, I think. Okay, so for for clutch time, it doesn't feel like the Bucks have won a lot of close games. Uh, let's say plus three point three. Very close, Kane. They're plus two point nine after tonight. One hundred six point six offensive rating, which is nineteenth. So obviously, hashtag not great. Uh, defensively, they have the eighth best defensive rating in clutch time, one hundred three point seven. Um, okay. So you know, what does that mean? Does that mean that the Bucks are pretty good defensively and still don't have the closers to, <laughs> to close out teams. I mean, I don't know you, you can read into that kind of what you will. Um, but it, it was funny tonight because both teams, I, I mean, it felt like it got to one Oh three 99 and I don't know how long it felt like both teams like went empty for like three, <laughs> three minutes or something. It felt like the score was stuck on one Oh three 99 for quite some time. And it, I mean, the, the, the Hornets had cut into the lead a fair bit. And um, I, I thought it was interesting. It just seemed like neither team really kind of got it together. And, um, you know, kudos to both teams playing, playing some good defense. There was definitely a fair bit of sloppiness throughout this game. Uh, you know, Bucks don't force tons of turnovers, but 18 turnovers by Charlotte. Bucks had 13 steals. Um, they were in the passing lanes all over the place. Uh, and, I kind of wonder, you know, to me that this was a game that was defensively characterized by tons of switching throughout. Uh, it, the Bucks did not have to go down a bunch of points to, to start switching. In fact, they, you know, they were leading for uh, not what they didn't lead wire to wire, but I mean, they, they were ultimately led the vast majority of this game um, and were quite comfortably leading in the kind of those middle two periods. So you know, typically in the past, you know, Bucks have, and ironically, when Dean Monty and I were talking about this earlier today, but two years ago in Bud's first year, I mean, literally the, the amount of minutes the Bucks spent switching was like, you know, I think Dean estimated like 20 minutes total. Like there was very little sample for the Bucks switching. But ironically, a couple of the games where most notably happened was against the <laughs> Kemba Walker-led Hornets in those in that era. Um, you guys might remember opening night of the Bud era, they had a huge lead in Charlotte, and then Charlotte came back. And uh, they actually did a little bit of switching at the end of that game. I mean, Ursan Silva was playing late in that game, just to give you an idea of, of how long ago this was. Uh, I remember Ursan doing some switching on, on ball and, and pick and rolls. Uh, but they also did it a bit um, in, in later games that season when, uh, when the Hornets caused problems with three-point shooting. So kind of ironic that, that you know, even with very different personnel, different, um, I, I guess, yeah, James Borrego was the coach uh, in that year as well, because I think he and Bud both took their jobs that same year. Uh, interesting that that the Bucks were very proactive with switching tonight. Even with Brooke Lopez on the floor, they were very actively switching ball screens. And um, I, I thought it was interesting. We saw a fair bit of Brooke in the fourth quarter. Um, he had a really good game overall, 22 points on 12 shots, was really good inside the arc. Um, I, I was kind of getting nervous that they were not going small earlier, uh, but... Borrego kept bringing in Bismack Biombo <laughs> to get minutes. So Bud seems like, just seemed to think like, well, I've got like a real center on the floor who doesn't, you know, isn't really a threat to, uh, to, to kind of post my little guys up or really hurt me. So I'm going to be able to keep Brooke out there, but 
they also kept switching Brooks. So that was kind of interesting. And I, I, I don't know that it really caused issues, but I, I also would say that we saw a fair bit of PJ Tucker tonight. He played 26 minutes and um, he had that one, there was that one, I think it was during that period where no, neither team was scoring, but he had just one phenomenal possession where I can't remember if it was him switched out on, on Terry Rozier or, or Devonte Graham and, you know, just totally locked him up, which again, you, you, PJ has sort of made his name defending bigger players at this point, but the fact that he can switch onto smaller players and hold his own and, and, you know, shuffle his feet and move as well as he does and not bite on pump fakes is, is really impressive. So, um, you know, the defense, I, I would say tonight, 101.7 defensive rating, very impressive. Um, but it was encouraging also to see after that, that dry spell, the Bucks basically then sort of just, I don't want to say, I hesitate to say flip the switch, <laughs> but Giannis, Chris, and Drew both sort of reawoken from, you know, a little bit of a, a, a slumber, let's say. And each of those guys made big plays uh, right at the end there as the Bucks. um, you know, went on a burst towards the end of the game and, and turned this into a double digit win when obviously uh, I think we were all getting a bit anxious that, that maybe it was turning into trouble. It's time for the Michelob ultra player of the week now. And after multiple weeks missing out on the prestigious Michelob ultra player of the week, uh, it's going to Giannis a bit of an up and down week for the bucks, but Giannis put up big numbers and with Michelob ultra, as we know, it's only worth it if you enjoy it because joy creates success with 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Uh, Michelob ultra is the beer that you should be drinking, but I enjoy watching bucks basketball more when Giannis is playing. That's just the simple fact. So I'm being a little bit selfish here with the ultra player of the week, but it's absolutely going to Giannis this week. Remember, enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. The Michelob ultra player of the week for this week is Giannis. It was the 9.15 mark of the fourth quarter when Chris Middleton got that uh, cherry-picked dunk where he tried the, the block attempt and then just kept on running. And, and I think it was Giannis that was able to find him. So that was at the 9.15 mark that gave the Bucks a 100-90 to 90 lead. Uh, they didn't get to 105 until the 2 minutes 57 mark when Giannis got that baseline driving dunk there. So, yeah, I mean, they went over six minutes uh, or around six minutes there, uh, only scoring three points. And I'm glad that you pointed out that the defense, I'm not saying it was a defensive clinic by the Bucks, but when they looked like potentially there was a chance they could blow a fourth quarter lead, I did see a lot on Twitter of, oh, same old Bucks, they're blowing a lead again. And it's like, well, this is actually very different to the game against Atlanta. And in fact, offensively, I thought the Bucks really were just blowing bunnies. Drew Holiday missed that wide open layup from a beautiful bounce pass from Dante to find him. He missed the layup. Chris Middleton missed a free throw. Giannis missed a bunny as well, where I, I think, admittedly, he was fouled down Got low. Fouled. Yeah. But, but there was no one up top. It's probably still a shot that he should finish. And, and we can talk about the way they defended Giannis a little bit later. But overall, I, it was very different to the other night. But as you said, to execute out of the timeout, first with the three, uh, to Chris and then Giannis found Drew Holiday for uh, the dunk there. Was that, and, and we talked about Drew dunking, by the way. Uh, I can't remember a game where I think he's dunked twice for the Bucks this season, but that poster dunk on Biombo was an absolute highlight. I, I, I've seen him do that a lot in the past, obviously for Philadelphia in the early days and then also New Orleans, but we haven't seen him explode for a, for a dunk like that. Yeah, so um, I, I can tell you that his first two dunks of the season came within about 
two minutes apart or something like that in the same game. What was so that? So he does was actually, was, I, I don't know, but maybe. I, I, <laughs> I'm trying to remember who it was. It was a really like random game, like against like the Kings or something like that at home. It was a home game. Mm. Um, I do remember that, but yeah, he basically just got two breakouts um, mm. and literally just dunked left-handed, uh, you know, on breakaways twice in rapid succession. So those are his first two dunks of the season. Um, he's had a couple more since then. Uh, but yeah, that, that dunk on Biombo with the left hand, I thought it was funny. Um, I, I was stuck listening to the Hornets broadcast cause I was watching on NBA TV. And first off, I forget the guy's name, the new Hornets play by play guy. Who's like, like really, man. <laughs> yeah, really, really fun for highlights, especially yeah. Michael Bridges highlights. Cause he gets super excited, but man, I think I'm just like too old. And also, I mean, I've, admittedly, I'm also not a Hornets fan, but, um, Man, it's just a little too much. A little too much for just a full <laughs> full game having to listen to him. I mean, he gets even fired up. Like, I mean, I figured it was somebody from the Hornets like blew a layup and he was just like, you know, agonizing over it in like the second quarter. And it was just like, man, okay, you know, <laughs> that's 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 okay. That's fine. Um but uh yeah, Holiday, I mean, Drew really struggled. Uh, from a scoring perspective for, for a lot of this game. Um, and you mentioned the misses and, um, you know, he, he did have some, some shots, some important shots he made really struggled from, from beyond the arc. And, you know, Chris also was struggling from beyond the arc, um, finished two out of eight, but, and hit that last three that, that was part of that, that little burst out of the timeout that, that sort of pushed the game out of reach. But, um, you know, Chris was just one out of seven outside of that one. Um, and Drew was 0 for 3. So, I mean, didn't, didn't take a bunch of them, but um, didn't, didn't knock down any threes tonight and just, just felt like he couldn't get stuff to go in, <laughs> for lack of a more eloquent description. Um, so it was fun to see him, uh, you know, the, the, to see him be part of that, that finishing burst. And, you know, you mentioned Giannis um, sizing up uh, from the left block in a face-up exploding baseline and, and dunking. It's, it seems like he's gotten a lot of buckets recently facing up from that left side and driving to his left side towards the baseline. I, I always get a little nervous about that because he really doesn't have a good counter when he gets cut off uh, at that point. And, you know, we see it sometimes when he goes into like turnarounds from that area. And if he pump fakes and the guy doesn't jump, he, he just is sort of stuck at that point. But um, fortunately there, I mean, he just got a great burst and, you know, there was just no stopping. It was he went in for a two-handed dunk to finally kind of snap the Bucks out of their doldrums a little bit, and then operating again from that left block, um, Drew with a great cut and and dunk. Um, so, yeah, I mean, certainly uh, execution was not a strong suit for most of the fourth quarter. So for the Bucks to snap into shape there and and close in a way that you know seemed very efficient and in control, which you know, to be fair. I thought for most of the first half, you know, they kind of took some shots very early from, from the, the Hornets. The Hornets looked really active and athletic early on, you know, Giannis got blogging. You know, they, they, they kind of were all over the place. Um, and the Bucks just sort of took it and were composed. And I thought we're just really, uh, especially offensively, just the, you know, the Hornets were throwing zone at them. They, you know, were trying to some different things and Bucks really didn't seem, particularly stressed by any of those things in spite of the fact that they didn't shoot from three well at all tonight. And I think that that's probably the most encouraging thing to me is, you know, they only make nine out of 35 from deep. Bryn Forbes was three out of six. Giannis is two out of four. Um, but other than that, 
really not much going in from, from three-point range, but they shoot 66% on twos. They get 62 points in the paint, 17 fast break points. Um, and I think, you know, when you think about sort of healthy offense, uh, we know this team, what they're capable of doing when they hit a lot of threes, but when they're able to score and score enough um, when they're not hitting threes, obviously that's, that's an encouraging thing to see. We know Giannis, that's his game, but, um, you know, other guys doing that, in particular, Brooke Lopez, um, with, with his night, just really feasting inside, um, I thought it was encouraging. Because, again, I mean, if, if Brooke's going to be out there and, you know, he's switching and having to play s- smaller than you want him to, um, then odds are he's going to have matchups on the other end where he's going to need to try to exploit what the defense gives him. And you look at that starting lineup that Charlotte went with. The last time we saw them, you know, Cody Zeller was the starting center tonight. They start PJ Washington and, and Miles Bridges as, as the quote unquote big men. So Brooke had a major size advantage and um, you know, Bridges was great. It's kind of funny. Whenever I see Bridges, I'm always just like, why is this guy not like, <laughs> like, a, like an up and coming star type player, 21 points on 16 shots, t- 10 rebounds, six assists, couple blocks tonight. Um, he was pretty scary and just throwing stuff up at the basket literally at times and they were going in, but um, very encouraging that that Brooke was able to take advantage. Obviously Giannis was too with 29, 12, eight, three, and a block, so typical kind of Giannis um, efficiency. But, uh, you know, the, those are the sorts of things we haven't necessarily seen Brooke and the Bucks take advantage of those si- of that size um, and really punish teams when they go small, and I thought it was important. Maybe not down the stretch so much. I think that was probably a little more concerning, but um, for most of the night, I thought they did a nice job of that. I did think that the performance of from, uh, from Brooke was pleasing for the reasons that you just mentioned there, but particularly because in the first five minutes – just watching this game, clearly the Bucks fell behind a, a little bit there at the start in the opening minutes, but they just looked completely outmatched athletically. I mean, you already mentioned Miles Bridges, mm-hmm. but this Charlotte Hornets team, I mean, they they zip up and down the floor. They're flying all over the place, and the Bucks just looked really slow. So when uh, Bud pulled the trigger pretty early on bringing P.J. Tucker in, and then the Bucks sort of started started to figure it out, I was thinking, okay, what does this mean for Brooke tonight? So to see him come back into the lineup and Bud really – utilize the advantage offensively I, I thought it was really impressive impressive and quite honestly I, I didn't I didn't watch this game and feel like Brook Lopez was a liability but uh, you know this is this was a good test for the Bucks they're going to see teams go small and let's be honest teams that are more talented than Charlotte they're going to go small against them in the postseason certainly if you get a series against Brooklyn there as well so to see Brook uh, have the 20 plus points with no threes is clearly impressive and the funny thing is this always happens, but when teams go small against the Bucks, you see a lot on Twitter of, well, you can't play Brook Lopez. Why is Brook Lopez out there? And it's always funny to look at the box score at the end of the night and see, well, he only played 26 minutes. And I, I think what we're seeing with PJ Tucker is there's, there's more and more confidence to probably ramp up those minutes there. And, and I would anticipate the way that I, I'm looking at the rotation right now, another night where Jeff Teague picks, picks up a DMP, it does look... Like Bud has really settled on nine guys here, and he's starting to zero in now on what we might see in the postseason. And you can you can have your opinion on whether you think that uh, they need that secondary ball handler with Jeff T coming off the bench to to run some point guard instead of having you know Dante handling a lot of the ball. That's that's certainly going to be an opinion that people will have. But I think again tonight you see thirty six uh, thirty seven minutes from Chris and Giannis and 36 from Drew. So that's the other thing that we've all, we asked for it. We all said it during last year's postseason, play the stars more. 
I think you're going to see that. And you're going to see those guys play up to around, you know, 38, 39, 40 minutes in the postseason. And, and with that, it looks like Bud is showing his hand that he's going to go with nine guys in most instances. And that's going to involve a hell of a lot of PJ Tucker. And again, just so impressive for a guy that's 35 years old. His quickness defensively is, it's, we, we all knew what he could do. We've all seen it in Houston, but watching it as closely as we do now that he's in Milwaukee, I, I'm just, I'm impressed with just his athleticism and the burst that he's still got. And obviously it's exciting if you're a Bucks fan. It's built by time now. Let's talk about the best tasting protein bar that has ever been made. There is a bunch of incredible flavors that you can find that are on sale right now on BuiltBar.com. With Built Bar, you know that you're having a healthy snack because the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great for those that are on the keto diet as well. Uh, the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Uh, I'm going to go have one literally right now, or as soon as this podcast is done, I should say. I'm not going to walk away from the mic mid-show. I'm going to have one after we're done here because Built Bar uh, they're great. They're brilliant. Coconut brownie chunk. I keep on talking about it. It's my favorite to have right now. And we've got a sweet deal for you. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. And don't forget about our friends over at betonline.ag because baseball season is in full swing. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on. And the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, I think we've talked about it, but in the playoffs, I mean, when pushes come to shove, I mean, Bud's never been like playing 11, 12 guys in crucial games, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Toronto series, he was playing eight guys. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm sure regular listeners will feel like, yeah, yeah, Frank, you've said this before, but <laughs> in case people haven't, don't recall, you know, Miritich was out of the rotation. He, he kind of lost trust in a lot of guys for, for better or worse. And Bucks were at a very narrow rotation at the end of that series. They were playing nine, nine and a half at the end of the Miami series last year as well. And I mean, even most of the season, uh, if the game's not a blowout, I mean, they're not playing yeah, yeah. 11, 12 guys mostly. You know, Thanasis plays one minute tonight. He's the tenth guy that, that played tonight, but that's really pretty typical. And it's not like this is like a brand brand new thing um, necessarily, even as well. I think Teague uh, obviously played a fair bit um, when he first joined, but keep in mind PJ was out for a fair bit of that. You know, Giannis was out for a bit of that. Um, Dante's missed some games, you know, over the past week or two as well. So I think that sort of probably inflated, um, you know, the the perception of of Teague's role a little bit. So uh, yeah, I, I think. I, w- I would say this is most likely the group, PJ, Portis, Connaughton, Forbes. Um, you know, that's probably the group off the bench, but, you know, could, could Teeks find some minutes as well, depending on 
matchups and, and things like that. Sure. Uh, but, you know, with tonight, you look at Holiday played 36, Giannis 37, Middleton 38. Um, you know, those are those are the guys that sort of carry the, the playmaking load to this team. And the more those guys play, the less you need, you know, kind of some of those like random bench point guard minutes as well, just because, you know, you don't need the, the, that, that role quite as much as you, as you know, what that might otherwise might. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, again, this Charlotte team's missing a bunch of guys, Gordon Hayward out, LaMelo uh, ball out most notably. Um, but, you know, credit to, to James Brago in the way that these, this team plays and they play really hard, they play fast um, and they get shots up and they, they have been, uh, I, I think it's, I mean, people who are like really into NBA Twitter are probably aware of this, but you know, if you're, if you're not, um, you know, we talk about clutch, clutch teams, which teams have been best in the clutch. Well, the Bucks played the best team in the clutch tonight. I mean, Charlotte has been outrageously good in the clutch tonight. They have a plus 34 net rating in the clutch this season. Um, Terry Rozier has been insane in the clutch. Uh, but tonight he goes 0 for 7. Devontae Graham was 6 out of 13 from 3. Rozier was 0 for 7 from, from 3 and generally struggled 4 out of 17 for for scary Terry. Uh, so, uh, you know, no more Eric Bledsoe to kick around in Milwaukee <laughs> for Terry Rozier, I guess. Uh, not a not a standout night for him. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I guess just uh, probably, again, you know, I, I don't want to fall into the trap of saying like, oh yeah, it's good that the Bucs aren't blowing teams out because they need reps or whatever. <laughs> like, it would probably be better if the Bucs were just steamrolling teams and you know what that would say about them. But there is something a, a little bit, um, a, little, a little nice about having to have to play some crunch time minutes after the game in Atlanta where it felt like you just got, you know, motorboated, uh, 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 boat race, not motorboated. I think we need to edit that out. Uh, but, but definitely boat race. Sorry. That was my Eric name reference there, <laughs> uh, in, in the fourth quarter there. Uh, and fortunately the bucks, um, tonight they, they do much better than, than that. But, but again, you know, I, I think their defense was legitimately better, but also they didn't have Lou Williams and, and Bogdan just hitting some difficult shots as well. Uh, so a little bit of luck, but, you know, again, over, over time, these things sort of, sort of even out a little bit. Some terrible images in my head right now, Frank, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Terry, Terry Rozier, you said, I did not even know who the fuck that is. Let me just say that. But the one thing I, I did want to bring up tonight, uh, because we kind of referenced, and this is something we've said before. And certainly if the bucks do get Boston in the first round, which if the season ended, Right now, uh, they would have the Celtics if the standings uh, finished as they are. Then you're going to see a lot of Marcus Smart on Giannis. And what we've seen in the past is that players do just get away with stuff. If you go small on Giannis, you just naturally, the officials let you be more physical. We saw it a number of times tonight. Giannis spent a fair amount of time on the floor. But the one incident that was, you know, obviously a little bit ugly and, and not what you want to see with Giannis was the one with PJ Washington where, you know, clearly it's a reflex action, but it's still, to me, qualifies as a dirty play. He tried to trip Giannis there. Giannis sort of, I, I thought he slipped on a wet spot, I'll be honest. And, he, you know, given that he's had knee issues, he kind of awkwardly fell and it's just not what you really want to see. But the big question I have for you, Frank, is did that, the way he pointed at PJ Washington, was that a, uh, a response that resonated with you as a father? Have you got that that angry, disappointed point 
in your toolbox because I, I was looking at that and, and it was really the, the Giannis was giving PJ Washington the, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. That was a very disappointing move. Do not do that to me again. Yeah. It looked like he sort of like, like Washington kind of got his, his foot inside of Giannis's foot and then he just sort of kicked out and just sort of basically pushed Giannis's foot out from under and sort of, is that, is that what slew footing is? I, I, I in hockey, there's, there's the, the, the term, slew footing someone which is i think it's sort of like kicking out uh someone's some feet or so kicking out your foot um yeah like kind of kicking your foot out from under you um which is is much harder to do uh when you're not on ice and skates but uh yeah Giannis didn't seem pleased i didn't i couldn't really tell it looked like a foul in real time but i couldn't see exactly what he did but uh you know Giannis just reminding him like you know <laughs> uh, I, I I thought of the I'm the captain now uh, gift yeah, when yeah. when Giannis was doing that a little bit, um, and uh, eventually yes, Giannis uh, got got his revenge. Uh, he had ten points in the fourth quarter, uh, and obviously that that big assist late to uh, to Drew for as the Bucks sort of closed things out. But um, you know, uh, five for five from the free throw line for Giannis hit hit a couple important free throws late. Um, I'm I'm happy about that. Uh, so hopefully his free throw shooting is is back on track a bit after uh, a couple of not not so fun shooting performances against Philly. So one night off, and then the Bucks continue the road trip. They're heading out to Houston, which you know what that means. It uh, presents the rare double revenge game factor here. We got DJ and DJ versus PJ in what could be one of the great revenge games in, in the history of the NBA. And I did a live post-game locker room straight after the buzzer here, and, and I'm going to do that from time to time. It was a lot of fun. We had actually up to around 40 people that were in the chat room there, and uh, Carlo was the only one who had the balls to come on and actually ask me a question, but you guys got to stop being shy and ask me some questions. But uh, this came up, and I said, I didn't even know if DJ Wilson's been playing. I've kind of lost track of what the Rockets are doing, but I was reliably informed by a number of the listeners that DJ Wilson had a 24.8 rebound, four assists, three steal game, just a couple back. So I, I mentioned this, but if DJ Wilson has a huge performance against the Bucks, I think I'm just going to steer clear of Twitter because I, I, I think, I think it might break. It might break Frank. Well, I think it was 25 points actually. Uh, yeah. I, I actually went on and watched the highlights because I was just sort of curious how he scored 25 points. Mm. And uh, you know, he had a, a bunch of, well, first off, the lineup in this game for Houston, because DJ started, was pretty wild. Uh, among the starters were Kenyon Martin Jr., uh, Armani Brooks, uh, which is uh, the name of a basketball player, not a like knockoff suit brand. Um, and I, 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 and Kelly Olynyk also started. I know, but but Christian Wood was out. I think Jayshon Tate uh, started in that game. So. Yes, it, it was sort of the equivalent, you know, of uh, like the uh, Jordan Wara and uh, and and you know uh, the the Bucks G League team uh, in in a couple of those games where all the starters sat. Um, type type of situation. But John Wall is now for the year. You know, Christian Woods kind of been in and out with with injuries here and there. Um, so so yeah, I mean you know some asterisks around it. The the Nuggets won by by a lot that night in that game. But um, but yeah, DJ had a couple of some really nice uh, closeout attacks. Um, it wasn't like he was just hitting open jump shots. So he uh, he actually you know made some nice plays attacking the basket, which I feel like is something that you know he 
DJ, like he, he can dribble, but it just seems like he could never dribble to like actually create an easy shot for himself. Like it seemed like he would dribble and then just shoot like a fadeaway jump shot, you know? Um, but anyway, shout out to DJ. Um, I did look at his numbers. His numbers are not good since going to Houston. <laughs> he has 52% true shooting, um, 33% on threes, uh, 50% even on twos. Um, so, you know, but, but again, DJ also, I would say this, like, you know, DJ's long-term role on a good team is not going to be because he's scoring a bunch of points. It's obviously going to be more about his defensive versatility and the ability to do a little bit on offense, but you know, shout out to DJ. Um, it is a little weird that, I mean, that DJ's career sort of kind of went so far by the wayside that like nobody even like, there's, there's really no, like, I, I don't detect any real angst about DJ Wilson, like anything that he might do positively in Houston. Like nobody's like, Oh, we could have kept it. You know, like people are just like, yeah, sorry, DJ time, time had come, which, you know, again, I'm, I, I certainly was one of those people who felt like I, I would have wanted to see more of him getting an opportunity, especially defensively to see kind of what he could do, especially with the bucks leaning into switching more. But you know, sort of one of those things it just wasn't meant to be. I'm, I'm far more worried about the Christian Wood revenge game than the DJ Wilson uh, revenge game. Um, but, but we'll see. No, no shortage of Bucks connections uh, on that team with the two DJs, Christian Wood, uh, Sterling Brown, who's, who's out after, you know, apparently this getting attacked outside a strip club. Um, so I don't, I don't believe we'll see Sterling play, but uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of Bucks connections in, in Houston these days. Um, although I will say my wife, who's a Rockets fan, uh, I don't know the last time she's watched a basketball <laughs> game. Let's just say she is, she is not in on the Rockets tank job. Um, and uh, I do, I, although she did tell me, she did tell me yesterday, yesterday that uh, one of her best friends from high school apparently is, is Sterling's neighbor. And apparently Sterling throws a lot of parties and apparently mm-hmm. it's not, not going well in the neighborhood with uh, uh, these random families living in this neighborhood and Sterling throwing raging parties late at night. <laughs> so there's your, there's your bucks. There's your former bucks gossip for the, for the evening, Sterling Brown uh, upsetting people in the neighborhood with, uh, with, uh, big parties so apparently he's not laying low here after whatever uh whatever this this uh altercation was that that unfortunately he was injured in but uh anyway that that that's your uh locked on bucks slash rockets tmz uh report for the night well that's what people come here for that type of information <laughs> particularly when the bucks are about to play the rockets so they'll be pretty thrilled about that uh, I do have to, what was I going to say? I had something that I was going to say here that I thought was pretty important, but it doesn't really matter. Basically, standings watch right now. Uh, we just keep an eye on it. The Bucks three and a half games back of the Nets. Obviously, they have a couple of games against uh, those guys still to come, and there's two games behind Philadelphia as it currently stands. Uh, only 11 games to go. 11 games to go in the regular season. They're 38 and 23, so this is going to come around uh, pretty quickly, the Bucks beat the Hornets 114-104. And a programming note, Frank, I haven't even told you about this, but, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe you're available. Ben Golliver from the Washington Post is coming on tomorrow. Now, uh, I had a number of people mention to me that, you know, we give our perspective and we watch the Bucks through, you know, a different lens to, let's say, the national media. So we'll get a bit of a national perspective on what Ben thinks the Bucks have done this year and how they're shaping up heading towards the playoffs. That's going to be a bit of fun there. But it's always good to catch up with you, Frank, uh, when, when we get the opportunity. Well, if, if uh, I, I'm not able to join you, be sure to ask uh, Ben how he was able to steal Andrew Sharp's haircut. I was very <laughs> surprised following Ben's Instagram when his new book, Bubble Ball, came out. 
he did kind of an Instagram video and he, he has like Andrew Sharp's haircut now. Like Ben, I don't know if people know what Ben normally looks like, but he normally has like kind of shorter hair, but he kind of grew it out a little bit. And it turns out he has like Andrew Sharp's helmet of brown hair when he lets it grow out. So um, that's the main thing I want to talk to him about. I, I, I guess we can talk to him about, you know, opinions of the Bucks and the NBA and things like that. But um, yes, yeah, shout out to Ben. I'm glad you're glad we're able to get him on as well. And of course the, uh, the goat podcast, which I subscribe to with, uh, uh, ben and, and uh, Andrew, uh, very much worth uh, worth listening to. So, uh, all right, yeah, Bucks win. We can we can sleep with a little less agitation for tonight. I guess is that is that okay? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I'm. Everyone knows I'm pretty level headed, but I must admit I did did have some thoughts with that game getting pretty close. I was like, geez, I might actually have to fire up a little bit on this podcast if they lose this game. So thankfully, uh, they didn't do that. But like I said, we'll be back tomorrow with oh ben. one. One, what one thing, one thing, and one really important thing, Kane. Um, have you I, last weekend? I saw the uh, the new Mortal Kombat movie. Are you familiar with this movie? Have you heard about it? Uh, yes. Um, haven't you you haven't seen? It? Okay. Um, I, I I have not seen any of the the previous Mortal Kombat movies. I am like vaguely aware of the video game. I did not play the video game as a kid, so I this this may be you know common knowledge to to most people, but. Um, I was, I was very amused to see that there is a, uh, Australian guy named Kano who is, uh, uh, you know, let's just say not one of the more likable characters in the movie. So, um, you know, when, uh, when art imitates life, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That does make sense. Hey, I did a podcast, whole podcast yesterday. I wouldn't say defending Bud, but at least giving an alternate view. So maybe a lot of people will definitely, um, compare those two characters. Now I feel like I'm going to have to watch it. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Mortal Kombat. It's, it, it, I would, I would say it, it, it barely surpassed the impossibly low bar I had for it. Well, that is the, the most. That is the extremely backhanded, not really compliment I will give it. It was, it was fine. It was fine. Just have low expectations. Well, this has been locked on Mortal Kombat. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> More movie talk. Catch you guys there. <laughs>